the first uh, the first episode here I'm going to talk about is the <clears throat> Florida 2000 election uh, and like the similarities between it and um, the current election that's happening right now. So as most of us know here, um, Trump has not conceded the election. Uh, it's pretty obvious that Biden's going to win. Um, all the media outlets have determined that he will win 306 electoral college votes, um, which is more than the 270 necessary to win the presidency, right? So um, there's a lot of talk about how like, oh, the media doesn't uh, determine who wins the election, which is correct. The media does not determine who wins the election. However, the numbers that are given to the media do. So the numbers are tabulated um, by the media, their official ballot numbers uh, given to the media outlets. And then those media basically determine uh, what the likelihood is that the, that the given candidate will win that state based on those numbers, right? So um, they've gotten it wrong before, as we'll see um, here in 2000, they got it wrong um, twice, actually, in 2000, which is kind of funny. Uh, it was the Associated Press. There's a reason that I tend to go with CNN, which is more strict in terms of their calling uh, like states uh, for a certain candidate, because the AP, I guess, is just, I mean, he, he ended up winning Arizona, Biden did, but AP called Arizona way too early. The margin ended up being actually the closest margin percentage-wise of any of the states. So the fact that it was called so early is kind of unsettling. And you'll see why in a few minutes here, uh, why actually that concerns me and, and it's a little bit troubling when they call it that early, right? So, um, like I said, the media does not determine who wins, it's the ballots. And the ballot numbers are given by the state election officials to the media. And like I said, the media determines then from there, uh, if someone has enough votes that cannot possibly be um, like overwhelmed with the remaining ballots, then um, yeah, that candidate is going to be projected as the winner, right? So um, the official votes like by the Electoral College are not actually cast until December 14th. Uh, well, that's this election cycle. It changes, but um, December 14th, right? So that's when the electors um, are, are given up by the states um, to go and cast their vote in the Electoral College. So those electors are the number of electors uh, a state gets is based on their number of uh, representatives in the House of Representatives and the Senate. So, for example, um, Arizona has nine members in the House of Representatives and two senators, so they get 11 Electoral College votes. So since Biden won the Electoral College, the, uh, the Democratic Party in Arizona will send uh, 11 representatives to the Electoral College in order to vote for um, in order to vote for Biden uh, for the presidential election officially, right? Every once in a while, we've seen faithless electors. We got faithless electors last election cycle. Um, those were probably two of the most um, unliked, two of the most disliked presidential candidates uh, we've ever had, uh, Hillary versus Trump. Um, so we had, so basically what happens with a faithless elector, certain states, um, they'll just throw out those elect, uh, those votes. Um, but basically like, uh, if, say, Arizona sends 11 people and one of those people actually wasn't committed to the person that they, they were supposed to vote for, um, they, they will cast a vote for a third party. Um, and that vote is typically based, based on state law, but it's typically thrown out. Um, so it really doesn't, doesn't matter too much. Um, okay, so, yeah, so people are saying, oh, it's not over. It's not over until the Electoral College comes back. Well, there's just insurmountable leads by Biden. Um, you'll see the difference between the leads by Biden that Biden has now and the leads that occurred in the 2000 election. Vast, vast difference. So you'll see those differences in just a moment, right? Um, 
So Biden voters and like the media are, are kind of concerned. Well, I don't know if the media is actually concerned about it, but they like to play up the concerns because it gives them views, right? It, it boosts their ratings. So they're kind of concerned about the court cases. Um, however, political experts um, assure that there's no substance to his claims. I'll kind of go over those a little bit further in detail. Um, but like I said, all my sources are going to be uh, on the YouTube video that I'm going to upload of this live later. Um, so I'll probably get it up tomorrow because I want to put some graphics in there and put the sources and everything, right? So there's three basic argument or requirements of a successful legal claim. Um, you obviously need to have legal basis for your argument. If there's nothing grounded in the legal system, then it's going to be thrown out. You need to be able to identify a remedy um, that will fit your claim. So like if, if, you, can, if you say, oh, this is unfair, this, is, this shouldn't happen, but then you don't actually have something that uh, you say, okay, well, this is the alternative that we prefer, then there's no legal claim. You, you can't really, you know, you can't really argue that. The most important one, obviously, that everyone's crying foul about, you have to substantiate, substantiate your claim with evidence. So there's no hard evidence anywhere uh, of what Trump is accusing um, in terms of voter fraud. There's a lot of like video, oh, there's videos of vans rolling in. Okay, those are news media vans. There's video, you know, there's, there's a lot of, things like very um very circumstantial that are very loosely circumstantial not even like enough to to award like an indictment or anything like that so yeah there's there's no there's no sound evidence to substantiate these claims and the, the cases are just getting thrown out of court as you'll see later i'll talk about that um, these are all according to i'm gonna quote i'm gonna put the source in there again it's lisa manheim so she's a professor at the university of washington and she's an election law expert. And she actually um, clerked for uh, Justice Anthony Kennedy of the Supreme Court. So she, she knows what she's talking about. Like I said, she's an election law expert. So there's not a whole lot, um, there's not a whole lot that uh, she doesn't know about the election law. Uh, people say something about um, what happens if he doesn't concede. Well, I'll talk about that in just a few minutes here. So we talked about like the legal system and how, how you take a, a case to court. Um, so basically, people are saying, can he take this uh, case to Supreme Court? He's tweeted out many times, um, the Supreme Court should decide this election. Uh, well, I'll tell you right now that there is not a whole lot of um, precedent for the Supreme Court um, deliberating on this sort of thing. Uh, in 2000, I'll talk about this later, but in 2000, they really hesitated to step in. The only reason they stepped in is because the Florida State Supreme Court kind of botched um, botch the ruling. So there's there's two separate levels of courts. There's the state court systems, and that's where most likely the election, um, like the election dispute would go. Like if you dispute an election, it would probably go to the state, um, the state courts, which would end up in the state Supreme Courts. Or um, there's also the federal courts, which are district courts, and then appellate courts or circuit courts, and then finally the Supreme Court at the very top, right? So to get a case to the U.S. Supreme Court, the highest court in the land, um, there's a few ways. So one of them is the original jurisdiction, which those are outlined um, in the Constitution. A big one is like state versus state court cases. Um, those directly go straight to the Supreme Court typically um, so that the Supreme Court can deliberate on them um, just because it's such a high, you know, high stakes, state versus state, right? The other way is uh, escalate from the state Supreme Court. So like I said, in 2000, the, states, the, Supreme, the US Supreme Court kind of determined that the Florida State Supreme Court didn't do everything right. So basically, they, they, uh, it was disputed from there to the state, uh, US Supreme Court. I'll talk about that in just a moment. 
but that is one way that the, um, you can get into the Supreme Court. The other way, and this is the most traditional path to the Supreme Court um, deliberation, is you go up through the three steps of these, the, court, uh, the federal court system. So the first is a district court. The district courts, oh man, I wish I could remember the number, but I can't off the top of my head. So the district courts, there's a bunch of them around. Um, if you have a federal case, it will go there first. Um, the district court is uh, presided by a judge. However, those are jury trials. The, if, if, a judge, if a judge just deems that this is a baseless claim, which has actually happened a few times already with Trump's lawsuits, they'll throw it out. They won't even waste time and resources to, to, look, at the, to look at the case. Um, so that's happened uh, a couple times. The, the, the most like, substantial one I can think of right now is um, the Georgia. In Georgia, Trump sued to get 53 ballots um, declared fraudulent. And the Georgia, uh, the the Fed, the I'm sorry, the district court judge there uh, threw out the claim as baseless. Uh, so he, there wasn't even uh, enough evidence for the judge to look at the case and get a jury trial, let alone for them to like worry about it. So that was thrown out. So that's a something with the district court. Okay, so if if the case is actually deliberated on and there is a um, decision in the district court, it goes up to the. Um, that can be appealed by whoever loses, and that can go up to what's called the appellate court or, or the circuit court. So that's the first level of appeals, right? So the appellate court is actually three judges, and there is no, um, there's no jury. So those three judges basically determine whether or not they want to approve uh, and actually deliberate on the case or whether or not it gets... Um, you know, thrown out again. So, well, not thrown out, but the, if, if, they, if they give the stamp of approval to the district court, then that means they're not going to look at the case. Um, so if they do determine that, oh, we should look at this case, they will look at it, uh, and then they will rule based on what they think uh, should be the outcome, right? So to get to the Supreme Court, you have to go through those two levels. And then the last step is um, you have to submit to the Supreme Court if you want to appeal the circuit court's ruling, right? So this is called a writ of certiorari. Uh, it's it's like it's referred to as a cert. It basically means that we're notifying the appellate court that we're going to deliberate on it. Uh, a writ of certiorari. So that is called a cert. Uh, that means that they want to deliberate on it. So they need four out of the nine Supreme Court justices to approve um, the writ in order for them to actually deliberate on the process. So if four of the nine don't approve it, then they, they just send it back down to the appellate court and say, this is fine. Supreme Court can also order uh, the district court or circuit courts to just review what they were doing uh, in the first place. They can say, hey, hey, go over this again. We're not going to touch it, but go over it again. Uh, you might get a different outcome. All right, so we talked about all that. That's like the preface to everything. Let's dive into the Florida 2000 election and kind of what the similarities are between that and this one, because there are some similarities. It's not the exact same. Yeah, so let's just dive right in. So the 2000 presidential election... Uh, was between former Vice President Al Gore, he was uh, George, uh, Bill Clinton's Vice President, and the then Governor of Texas, George W. Bush. Uh, his father was the 41st President um, between 1989 and 1993. He was defeated in his re-election bid by Bill Clinton, right? Um, so as I think we all know who won that election, but let's dive into why. Um, oh, fun fact, George W. Bush actually already called Joe Biden and congratulated him on the election. So that should really tell you where um, like most Republicans stand on the issue. Um, we're hearing a lot of stuff, a lot of outroar over, um, over politicians and media and everything like that. But it's just, the, 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 it's just noise. It's nothing, it's nothing that really should matter. So 
in a nutshell, the 2000 presidential election came down to Florida. Um, I remember when I was watching it, I don't remember a whole lot, but I remember when I was watching it, uh, a guy pointed to a board like halfway through the state being pronounced and he said, Florida, Florida, Florida. Um, that's what I said this year. I said Pennsylvania all the way. People were saying Nevada. I said that at first, but Pennsylvania looked to be the determining state and it ended up being so. However, Biden won more than enough to, you could knock out Pennsylvania, he'd still win. You could knock out Georgia and Nevada, he'd still win. So uh, he has a lot of paths to victory there. Um, so a bit similarly to how we waited on Pennsylvania, Nevada, Georgia, Arizona for like a week, um, Florida was the last remaining state <clears throat> that would push either candidate over the 270 vote threshold in the Electoral College. Um, on election night, so this is, here's where it gets interesting. So on election night, um, you guys remember that Arizona uh, for, was called for Biden um, on election night. And then it wasn't reversed, but it got so close that like any other news outlet didn't call it, except for Fox News. They kind of just do. I don't know what Fox News does, to be honest. I never watch them. Um, but like MSNBC, CNN, uh, CN, uh, like NBC, ABC News, they did not call it for Biden um, because it was too close. Um, there were still too many outstanding votes, and he ended up closing that uh, margin of victory, Trump did, um, to the lowest percentage margin of victory in the entire election. So uh, anyway, on election night, the Associated Press called Florida for Al Gore. They called Florida for Al Gore, right? I, a lot of people don't really remember that happening. They did. I, I, like I said, I'm going to have uh, sources in the YouTube uh, uh, in the YouTube video. I'll put some links in there. Uh, so they called the election for Gore. Later that night, once more of the election, once more of the polls had closed. So they called this, they, they made this projection before even all of the, the polling places were closed. So people were still casting votes and they, st and they made their prediction for Gore, which is a big no-no. They retracted this projection and they said, okay, it's actually too close to call. Um, and then later, after a few hours after the polls closed, they, they issued a projection for Bush. So once, th this seemed like it was legit. So um, Gore actually called Bush at this time and conceded the office. This is what a normal person does when they lose, um, when they lose the uh, presidential election is they, they call the opponent and they, uh, they congratulate them and they concede and they say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm bowing out, congratulations, you're the president-elect of the United States, right? Um, so Gore called Bush, conceded, right? Uh, a few hours later, within the early morning, um, Bush, I'm sorry, the AP actually retracted their projection for Bush as well because it was too close to call. So they, they left it outstanding, and all of a sudden, neither candidate had 270 votes. Um, literally, Florida was the last one um, after a few days. There were, there were like two other states. I can't remember which two states, but two other states were also outstanding after a few days, but neither of them would get either candidate over that 270 threshold. It was literally all down to Florida. Okay. So um, the tally at the end of election night, so like the early morning the next day, had Bush by a 0.03% margin. It was like 1,700 votes or something like that. So obviously there were more ballots coming in. Um, you've got like the overseas ballots, the provisional ballots. If you watched anything, any of my election coverage, you'd know what all of those are. Um, but basically some later ballots were coming in still like that, like uh, military, uh, military people overseas that send their ballots in, right? So that's where the number difference uh, differential comes from uh, for this number, which is about 1,700, and then the number we'll look at later, which is about 500. Um, so anyway, so that was a 0.03% margin of all the voters, right? So um, for comparison, the closest margin in this 
election has been 0.3%, not 0.03%, 0.3% um, that Biden won in Arizona and Georgia. So neither of which he needed to win. Honestly, we could reverse both of those and he'd still take the White House. Um, he won Pennsylvania by 0.9%. That's almost a whole percentage point. That's very, that's a, a substantial margin. That's tens of thousands of votes. But anyway, so the 0.03% margin, with such a slim margin, a recount uh, was automatically triggered. Uh, this recount was originally supposed to just be done by the machines, the polling machines that, that were already there in place um, in Florida. However, Gore, the Gore campaign actually requested a manual recount. So this is what, this is kind of what Trump is, is, is asking to do. He's asking to get a lot of ballots thrown out and invalidated as fraudulent, but he's also asking for recounts, um, especially in Arizona, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia. I think Pennsylvania too. There's so many lawsuits, it's hard to keep track of all of them, right? Manual recount in four counties, including Miami-Dade, which is the largest county in Florida. Um, these recounts are actually due by state law within a week after uh, the election happens, right? So they would not be finished by that time. Manually recounting all these votes is, is, takes a substantial amount of time, okay? So Gore sued the uh, state of Florida to actually extend this deadline, okay? Um, at all this time, Bush had actually been suing to stop the recount. So Bush, um, Bush, he was the one that was ahead, and he was actually suing to stop the recount. So Biden hasn't really taken that approach yet because Biden knows it's all just noise. He's not worried. He's not taking the route that Bush did. Bush was suing to stop the recount, and honestly, that's that's a good decision um, politically on his part, like legally speaking. He wanted the results certified. So certifying. The results means that everything is tabulated and official and the electoral college will vote based on that vote. Okay, so the, the results were not certified at this time. Okay, so over the next few weeks, lawyers and court cases went back and forth to determine whether or not the manual recounts would be included in the final certified results. Okay, so um, flash forward three weeks from election day. Election day was November uh, 7th of that year, 2000. So three weeks later on November 28th, a county circuit court um, judge, so the county, uh, not even a state level, uh, just in the county of, I believe it was Miami-Dade County. Oh no, it was Leon County, Leon County, I'm sorry. And I'll have, I'll have or I'm sorry, sources in the YouTube as well, a YouTube video. So three weeks after the election day, uh, this judge, N. Sanders Saul, I don't know what the N stands for. I, I looked it up real quick and I couldn't find it. I, I don't really care that much, to be honest. So this guy, Saul's, um, rejected, finally rejected uh, Gore's request for the manual re recounts to be included in the official state vote, which means that the original counts or the machine recounts were actually going to be the ones that were counted. The manual recounts weren't going to happen. Uh, so he rejected this. Obviously, as we learned, we can appeal. So he appealed. Uh, he ended up appealing all the way up to the Florida State Supreme Court. Um, so it took another week and a half, almost two weeks. Um, so December 8th, that year, Florida Supreme Court, uh, the state Supreme Court, not the federal Supreme Court in the U.S. in Washington, just the Florida State Supreme Court, probably in Tallahassee, the state capital, ordered manual recounts for uh, most counties, not even just the four that Gore wanted, most counties in the state. So anyone that used manual, uh, manual voting processes had to recount manually. So this will take a substantial amount of time, right? So this was December 8th. The U.S. Supreme Court on the next day, this is where, so this is where U.S. Supreme Court actually stepped in and said, okay, Florida, you guys messed up. 
we're gonna take over, we're gonna start looking at this case, and um, yeah, whatever we say goes, because we're the highest court in the land, right? The US Supreme Court, the very next day is when they stepped in, and they suspended the count. So the, the Florida, so this is kind of what's happening. No, we're not even at that point yet, because none of these, um, none of these claims um, of election fraud or anything by Trump are, are really substantial enough to warrant uh, these recounts that he's talking about. But anyway, so the, floor, the, the U.S. Supreme Court stopped the recounting, okay? Four days later, they uh, ruled that the count be certified as is, okay? So uh, which Bush, at this point, was winning by 537 votes, okay? That's 0.01% of the vote uh, in that state, in the state of Florida, 0.01%. That is the closest a vote has ever been in any state in a presidential election, let alone in a state that decided the election. That's, so that's nuts. Like our president was literally decided by 437 votes uh, in the year 2000. And um, there were lawsuits, lawsuits kept dragging out. Um, oh, these votes should be counted. These votes should be discounted, et cetera, et cetera. However, um, on December 13th, Gore did officially concede. So once the, once the official Florida counts were certified, he conceded. The only reason he hadn't conceded at this point was because, was because it was so close and the, the recounts were, were triggered, the recounts were necessary, all right? So when you're that close, sure, yeah, don't concede. I, I wouldn't advise it because a recount could do one of, and, you know, anything. Obviously, uh, it swung 1,200 votes in his favor. Those were votes that probably trickled in over the few days after the election. But um, yeah, so December 13th, one day after the Supreme Court ruling to certify the election results, Gore conceded. Um, so that's really what should have happened on Saturday. Uh, Trump should have conceded. There is no chance whatsoever that um, there's no chance whatsoever that any of these any of these are going to be reversed. Okay, so the only thing that Trump is really achieving in all of his lawsuits and and his drumming up uh, everything is uh, the only thing that he's succeeding in is is reducing confidence in the electoral system. Um, by the American people, and he's doing it. I mean, there's tens of thousands of people protesting, saying that um, there's fraudulent votes everywhere. I mean, you see it all over Twitter, you see it all over TikTok. There's TikTok comments everywhere saying, saying, oh, he's, you know, fraudulent voting, fraudulent voting. Well, there's no evidence whatsoever um, of fraudulent voting, and political uh, experts say that it's, it's nearly impossible for fraudulent voting to actually affect an outcome. Uh, of this magnitude. So, like I said earlier, uh, Trump sued the state of Georgia for 53 fraudulent votes that he wanted thrown out. 53. He lost the state of, I mean, he's losing the state of Georgia right now by 15,000 votes. So he's going to sue over 53. So that right there should tell you all you need to know about how, how just ridiculous these lawsuits are. Okay. So we talked about that Florida 2000 election and kind of what, how, like the similarities between it and, um, and Trump's, uh, Trump's cases right now. However, um, yeah, Trump is suing uh, multiple states to have certain votes thrown out. So specifically Pennsylvania, he's suing to get the mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania uh, thrown out. He actually already did sue. Well, I think it was actually the Republican Party sued before the election. Um, they sued the state of Pennsylvania um, to disallow any votes that came in after the election. Pennsylvania state law says if you drop a ballot in the mail on Tuesday of election day and it gets there by Friday of election week, 
it counts. So realistically, there, there were votes coming in Thursday and Friday of election week that hadn't been counted yet. And these are the votes that Trump's trying to get thrown out, right? One moment. So he's trying to get these thrown out. So he lost that case uh, in federal court before the election, and now he's appealing and trying to get those votes uh, thrown out once again, okay? So here's the kicker. The Pennsylvania law firm representing Trump, uh, I think yesterday or maybe the day before, actually quit. They said, we're not doing this case. Um, they said, I forget. They said some legal mumbo jumbo, like professionalism, whatever. I don't know what they said. But basically, when lawyers quit a case, it comes down to two reasons. Well, three reasons, I guess. One is um, there's like a conflict of interest. So say like, Say my, and I'm a lawyer, my brother is the guy that you're suing. Obviously, I can't take the case. I'm going to back out as a conflict of interest, okay? The other reason is because they think that the case is unwinnable, and they don't, um, they don't want to, like, ruin their reputation um, in the media. So this is, I mean, it's not because of money. I mean, obviously, they're getting paid out the wazoo to do these cases. However, they think that it's going to tarnish their reputation. So uh, that's another reason you quit. The other reason is you absolutely hate the client. So I'm going to say it's numbers two and three. They don't think that they can win. I mean, I guarantee you they don't think that they can win. And number three is they hate, they hate the client. They hate Trump, like, because he's an idiot. I mean, I'm sorry. I shouldn't go that far down the rabbit hole. But <clears throat> anyway, so his law firm uh, in Pennsylvania actually quit. So they're, they're in the process of finding a new law firm. I have sources on all of this. Sources will be uh, in the YouTube description uh, once I put the video up there, uh, probably tomorrow. So... Uh, we already talked about, so most suits, most of the lawsuits that he's going are, are small scale, wouldn't even affect that many votes. We talked about how he's suing over 53 votes in Georgia. Well, he sued over 53 votes. That suit got thrown out um, by the Georgia, uh, by the district court over there. So um, baseless lawsuits, once again. Um, a similar case, uh, a similar case thrown out in Michigan as well. So I believe someone in here mentioned, oh, Michigan is not recounting. Yes, that's correct. Michigan was at least one percentage point of a difference in the margin, um, basically. And guys, if you have any questions, I'll be finished up with this part in maybe five minutes. So if you have any questions, feel free to drop them towards the end, and I'll, I'll try to get to as many as I can. Um, I would like to keep it under an hour here. Uh, oh, so, so his, so Trump's actual, he, I mean, he's, he's won, he's won at least one lawsuit. Uh, so his most notable win was in Pennsylvania. Guys, get this. In Pennsylvania, he sued and won for the election observers to not stand, instead of standing 10 feet behind the ballot counting process, he sued for them to be able to move four feet up and stand six feet behind the ballot counting process. So that was like a, for him, a remarkable victory. Uh, he tweeted about it, obviously, and he said, huge win. Um, for what? Uh, you, you got your people to, I mean, not even his people, independent election observers. He got them to, instead of being able to stand 10 feet back, they were able to stand six feet back. So they were four feet closer to perfectly legitimate ballot counting going on. So if that's a win for him, then that's, that's a win for us, really. Um, yeah, so like I said, it's generally accepted that the lawsuits by Trump are meritless. Really the only thing, and this I forget the source on this. I wish I knew it. I heard it on the radio on NPR. 
Um, but it's generally accepted that they're meritless. The only thing he is achieving is undermining the American people's confidence in the election process. And like I said, he's doing a very good job at that. And it's, it's pretty startling. It's pretty startling how many, um, how many people are just, just following by every single word he says. I mean, we've seen that over the last four years, but this is getting extreme and they're still going along with it. Um, which is kind of ironic because they're the same people that say, oh, you follow everything that the, that the, um, that the corrupt media says. Uh, okay, so, so we follow what dozens of media outlets are saying, as well as respectable politicians on both sides of the aisle. We, we, we follow what they say, and we are you know, uh, gullible and susceptible, whereas you're following one man who is prone to lying, lies every single day of his life, which is documented, uh, and uh, two news networks that aren't even on basic cable, let alone network news. Um, yeah, so that's, so, so anyway, the confidence in the free and fair elections is deteriorating among the American people, which is not a great thing. Okay, last, um, last question that people have been having uh, is, will Trump be able to um, succeed in a coup d'etat. You've probably heard coup d'etat before. It's funky spelling, so there it is right there. Coup d'etat. It's French for, um, basically it's a French word. I don't know what it directly means, but it means like an illegal, an illegal and sudden overthrow um, of power. So um, basically they're saying, oh, is he going to have the military um, try to overthrow power? Is he going to have enough people in his corner to actually overthrow what the um, what the American people democratically uh, voiced as their you know who they want for the next president? Uh, no, he's not going to. Um, it, it's just it's once again widely accepted by experts that it's not going to happen. Yeah, we, we someone said yeah we do like to uh, orchestrate those in the countries abroad. Uh, CIA has a long long history of intervening in um, governments that are in power that they don't like and. Um, arming the people that are, are trying to overthrow the government and getting them to do so. So basically, typically uh, a government that's run by a dictator, they will arm and supply um, uh, support to the um, people, the rebellion that's trying to overthrow and become a democratic process. So it's a very controversial topic, not going to touch on that today, but someone mentioned that it's a very good, good point. Uh, fortunately, there's no one bigger than us military-wise that's going to be able to step in and do that. Uh, plus, the whole world hates Trump, so no one's going to help him there. Actually, that's not true. There's a couple Southeast Asian countries that really respect him and like him because they think that he's the only thing preventing China from, from invading them, um, which is couldn't be further off the truth. He, Trump hates China. Um, but, um, yeah, so getting back on topic, um, guys, we've all suspected that this might happen. Um, his own lawyer, or well, former lawyer, I guess, Michael Cohen, uh, said... Uh, a couple of years ago, there's never going to be a peaceful transition of power, right? Uh, the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, said um, they are going to, there's going to be a peaceful transition to the second Trump administration. He just overtly said that a few days ago uh, in a press conference. So he's just basically coming out and saying, we are a fascist re regime and we're not going to let Biden uh, take over his, his duly elected duties. But there's not a whole lot he can do. Um, he also fired recently the Secretary of Defense and installed, ugh, what, I don't even know the guy's name. He's like such a nobody, uh, something Miller. Like they, he put him in 
And people say there was at least a dozen people that were more qualified and ahead of him in the food chain. So why this guy? And a lot of people think that he's the only one that he could get to be his lackey and really stand by him uh, in terms of all this. So just think about all that. There was at least a dozen people um, in the secretary in the defense uh, department that just don't believe in him and don't want to do his bidding. So that's a really good sign. Um, yeah, so Trump's lawyer said that Hillary also, this clip has been making its rounds, guys, on TikTok. You've probably seen it. Um, Hillary warned us in the 2016 debate that when things don't go Donald Trump's way, he claims fraud. He claims that it's rigged against him. Uh, this is whether it's an Emmy for his show, The Apprentice, uh, a court ruling in his fraudulent university, which has been uh, ruled against him, uh, or this election. And guys, when, when he's not the most powerful man in the world, I've said this before, in like 2014, 15, when he was saying all this stupid stuff, whatever, you're an idiot, it's, who cares, it's fine, it doesn't matter, like, you're dumb, you don't matter. Uh, however, when he is the most powerful man in the world, it's actually kind of scary. Um, but this, hopefully, me going over this, really, like, soothes your fears, guys. I, there's, it's not gonna happen. There's, there's a lot of information here. If you want the sources that I'm reading from, uh, go watch the YouTube video, I'm gonna put it up tomorrow. Um, and and the, all the sources are there. It's gonna, a lot of stuff from experts. And guys, there's no sources from weird far left or far right. It's like, it's political. It's Associated Press. Uh, I've got like BBC News. I've got The Independent. Uh, like these are like, these are journals in the UK. What is, they don't care. They don't care what's going on here. They just report the news as it is. So um, yeah, so anyway, I think the last thing I said, yeah, there, so there's too many political actors on both sides of the aisle for Trump's uh, attempts at this to uh, succeed. So that's, oh, and one thing, uh, one more thing, George Washington, guys, warned us against electing a president that may refuse to one day concede power. Um, that's, that's today. <laughs> uh, FDR was the only president to serve, Franklin Delano Roosevelt was the only president to serve more than two terms. He served, uh, he was elected four times. He died his fourth term in office and Harry Truman took over. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Franklin Delano Roosevelt actually oversaw one of the biggest socialist movements this country's ever seen. And he's widely regarded as one of the best presidents. So let that sink in. <laughs> uh, and then, um, think about what all these people are saying about, um, how, you know, some of the things that we're trying to do in this country are socialists like healthcare, um, education, etc. Um, so just think about how FDR was one of the most revered presidents in the history of the country, and he was a huge socialist. Um,